All right, guys, here we go. Nordy's podcast. Big old day where we're going to talk Vikings going to one and four on the season. Tough. We're going to talk about the Lakers and King James winning the NBA title. We're going to start a brand new game called Break It Down. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Timberwolves and the Wild while we have some time. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing pretty well. Yeah, pretty well. Let's go with that. And you? I'm doing pretty well considering our Minnesota Vikings are 1-4. and four. Yeah. And I had some high hopes. That was kind of a heartbreaker game. It was, but you know what? This is the thing. I hate it because I was all in on the Vikings. I thought they were going to be a really good team. And then they got blown out in the first two games. So then I jumped off the ship totally and said, they're not going to hurt me again. Right. And then they played two really fun games. They won one, lost one in the next two weeks. I was still out on them. Then they dominated the first half so much that I bought back into the team, started buying Viking stock on the cheap, probably bought too much of it. <laughs> they gave up a bunch of points uh, in two minutes, go down. I'm like, Ooh, I made a mistake. And then I bought more stock because then they took the lead again. And I was like, I am in. They're going to beat the Falcons next week. They're going to beat the Packers in Green Bay. This team is going to the playoffs. Staring three and three right in the face. <laughs> yep, yeah. yep. And then, no, then they did the same thing and I was the fool again. Yeah. Usually that's how Minnesota sports fans At up. least that only lasted a night. Yes. You know? I it mean, was, th- it was this, a fun night though. This relationship, exactly. And that's how, that's how those things go, right? It could, you could have been suckered into it a long, another long-term unhealthy relationship, Eric, and you should be yeah. thankful you realized your mistake. I am of the one-night stand with the Vikings. Yes, and you're back out. And I will. I'll come back again. <laughs> you're gonna drunk dial Just, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna see a tweet or like an Instagram post, like I miss my Vikings. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys, um, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe on Podbean Podcast app, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts. Uh, what's the other one? Audible. Audible. Gosh, guys, I'm, Everywhere. Re- I'm redoing this whole thing now, and my it's like a mental block. Yeah, you'll get it. We're everywhere. We're on all the podcast places. Go listen to us. Spread the word. Give us those five stars. We still need them. And uh, yeah, thanks for supporting the Nordy's podcast. And we do appreciate the the influx of five star ratings that we've got. Yeah, we we got we hit our numbers. So we'll just see what happens. Not, I don't want to discourage people from going and doing their review if they haven't. It always helps. All right, guys, we are drinking a new beer from Bauhaus uh, right here in Northeast Minneapolis. This is the Bauhaus. Guavatron, a pink guava goes. Yeah, I think they. What, which one did they pull out of their their lineup of their main four for this? I, I, was it Wagon Party? I hope so. I don't know. It was one of the ones that they started with. They pulled out. They sunsetted that one, and then they're going to put this one into the main rotation. It's really super good and drinkable. It's I really like beer. this. I think it it's, looks nice. I think it's delicious. Yeah. I think it's really good. And it's what? How much was the six pack? Pretty cheap. Um, six pack, $11. Yeah, that's nice. It's a we good need deal. more of that beer. So yeah, man, um, it doesn't always have to be the $20 four pack releases on this podcast. We got to try the beer that we might actually end up buying more than once. too. Okay, you guys want to know what? This um, is a real quick. Sorry. This is the perfect second six pack, four pack. Oh, for sure. It's the perfect second. Yeah. Um, guys, hot take here. I'm done with four packs. I want all six packs. Okay. Can we go mm, back to six packs? You're not done, though. No, I'm going to buy four packs for the rest of my life. Yeah, exactly. I'm just begging them to go back to the six packs. 
even with a cool release, just do the six pack. Six pack smaller cans that fit in the little plastic guy, little koozie, the koozies. Mm. They fit in the like the things that keep them cold too. You know, that's okay. a koozie. No, no, they keep them cold like the metal ones. Oh, all oh, the fancy sure. ones. Yeah, the, the fancy ones, screw tops. Oh. Yeah, those. Oh, Mr. Diamond Shoes over here with okay. his fancy screw top. Beer holder. Be Yeti guy. Yeah. Jeez. I'm All just right. kidding. All right, guys. Um, time to move on to some real sports talk. Like we said at the top, the Minnesota Vikings are one and four, which seems um, harsh on them because they've played some really good teams. They lost to the Packers. They lost to the Colts, who are three and two, I believe. Um, they lost to the undefeated Packers. They lost to the undefeated Titans, and they now have lost... Um, to the undefeated Seahawks. So you're saying we're pretty good, and we've just had a tough shake in the schedule. I think that we're pretty average. Mm-hmm. Our record would say that we are pretty bad, and I think that we are an average team who's played a bunch of really tough teams. And we've played super inconsistently, whether we're good or bad. I don't even know which team we are because we've been so inconsistent. I think the the defense started off so poorly and it's now sort of coming back to like the median, if you will. Right. Like it, it feels a little bit more, <clears throat> excuse me, defensive minded. And you know we were getting pressure on Wilson last night. It was it was a different look team than than the week one team against the Packers. And think about it, we're missing. I know everyone could say they're missing guys, but we are missing Daniel Hunter. We are missing Anthony Barr. We were missing Holton Hill, and our big free agent signing Michael Pierce hasn't played because of COVID. So it is it has been a difficult. Uh, trip for them thus far um, but I don't know I mean this is such a lame take but I'm just really enjoying good competitive games with the Vikings and as annoyed as I was last night that they lost that game it was a lot of fun yeah I'm kind of I mean you guys trained me to be like dude we should give up and tank the season <laughs> for a new QB when you were really mad and all those thoughts really stuck with me so now I'm like nah I'm just enjoying the games yep you know as long as it's competitive I'm enjoying it like I'm sorry, but when we kicked off to to Russell Wilson, I just I text you guys. I've seen this movie before, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened. And it was incredible. It's always incredible. So I get why you go for it, but once you you miss it, have you seen it's the tough. image? Oh yeah, you guys shared the image too of like Madison running into the back of the worst lineman in the league. He had a, he had like blinders on. If he just mm-hmm. went off tackle, it would, he probably walks into the end He'd zone. He scored very easily. It's like an easy touchdown. Yeah. Instead, he runs into his own guy, goes down, and they go 94 yards or whatever it was to win the game. So tough. And um, a couple things. Uh, Adam Thielen was electric. Incredible mm-hmm. in this game. And one thing that has been a cool thing about this season is that Jefferson looks like a future star um, who's already really good. And Thielen, I think, is in the conversation as the best receiver in football right now. It's pretty crazy. You should bring him up if you're going to talk about three, four, five of them, yeah. I mean, if if DeAndre wasn't doing his thing with Kyler in, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, mm-hmm. I, I think, think I think unquestionably doing similar things to him. That's how good he's been. Yeah, I think unquestionably it would it would be Thielen. I think I would still put Hopkins one. Sure, but we could have the discussion. You haven't had any Michael sure. Thomas this year. Hopkins has been great. Um, Diggsy, Diggs has been worse than Thielen. I would say. Um, yep. Surprisingly, one of the top guys has been Robbie Anderson with yeah. our old guy Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, um, turns but, out when you're not playing for the Jets, you actually uh, have a chance to catch some <laughs> balls. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it's it is pretty crazy. Um, you know, just how good he has been. 
Um, a couple other things. Uh, Drew Samia cannot play. He's not a professional. He shouldn't even player. be. He shouldn't right. even be on a, on the roster, let alone starting. Um, he was killing us. You know what's bad when they're talking about offensive linemen and like, shit. Like it's over like, and over. Uh, and they over. don't talk about them if it's if they're just doing a good job. Because it's usually like uh, maybe a random holding play here and there. He had like right. five penalties in the second half by himself. And if he didn't get a penalty, it's because he got beat like so bad that he reached behind him to do a hold and the guy was already gone. If um, Delvin Cook wasn't so injury prone, I would say that he might be the best running back in football. I mean, he is so incredibly dominant, um, but he just really can't stay healthy. I don't know. I, I I mean, I totally agree with you. But then, like, how good was was Madison? Awesome. Right after. I mean, I, I don't know. I know Other but- than the drive right after Cook got hurt, and then they realized, oh, we don't really have to change much. Madison's yeah. pretty much the same running back. That was uh, cool. I mean, that's that's nice to see that, at least, because you know that there's going to be stretches where Cook is going to be out. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's the same thing like in Carolina right now, Mike Davis dominating in Carolina without McCaffrey. You know, we're not saying, well, McCaffrey must not be that good. Like, these guys are really good, but I do think that like when you build a team around your star player and you have a reasonable person behind them who's talented, they yeah. they resemble a lot of what that person does. And so I think Madison is just doing a really good job of, he's, you know, he looked like he was 80 to 85% of what Dalvin Cook is. And I mean that as a real true compliment. Because for sure. He was for awesome sure. last night. Maybe maybe just a slightly slower burst. Yeah. And, you know, just not quite as flashy as Dalvin. And, you know, he's a few years behind Dalvin too. So. But he was, he was great. So he was that, was, that was fun to see. Um, I will say, you know, we, we've been hard on cousins, um, this year and rightfully so. Uh, and there's been good cousins and bad cousins. We Uh, saw both. I will Mm -hmm. say that, that, um, the turnovers by cousins yesterday at some really tough times, that pick he threw at like the worst possible time of the game on first um, down. Yeah. Was, was unforgivable. Um, I don't know. I think they panicked. I I, I kind of blame the play calling on that. Like they they all of a sudden decided we're going to start throwing on first down when they had been running it down their throats. Um, but then like I think Cousins got a little unlucky with both of those fumbles. Yeah, that someone like tapped his elbow at the exact right moment. He's not very aware. No, I but, feel like a better quarterback would take a sidestep and then throw it and, and have some clearance. Fair, but like how how many times? In a career, do you have a fumble like that where someone like taps your elbow with a wet ball as you're throwing it and it goes forward and it is ruled a fumble? Yeah. And then it happens twice in one game, like within like 30 minutes of each other. Like it, that just seemed a little... I One, fine. If you want to blame one or the other on Cousins, I think that's fair, but... Split the difference I think it's just it. I think it's just a little unlucky. Yeah. Okay. Personally. I'm good with that. Um, also, the defense uh, getting some real... Um, quality time from these rookie cornerbacks. So Dantzler and Gladney both playing heavy minutes. I know fans were a little hard on um, uh, Gladney Dantzler. I would say last. Oh, night. was for the DK Metcalf? Yeah, one? the yeah. DK Metcalf one, the long one there. He gave up a touchdown to Metcalf as well. Um, I thought that he looked pretty damn good. And I mean, in coverage, he was draped all over him in the in the end zone. That was a perfect throw and a perfect catch. And mm-hmm. and Metcalf, Un- undefendable. And Metcalf um, abused uh, Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore, who was the reigning defensive player of the year like two weeks ago. Yeah. So he's doing it to everybody. Um, I think that those guys look good, and I think that they're going to be really good players. And might not be until next season or the season after, but I I do like what I see with both of those guys right now. All right, so do you think it's 
because we're seeing some of these younger players develop and some potential, we're off the Fire Zimmer band- bandwagon? Yeah, I mean, is I think... his seat less hot? I think that his seat is, like, um, uh, slightly warm, but, but like... Like he's been sitting n- in it for six years? Yeah, but just... he has. But not close to losing his job. Okay. I, I, I mean, he would have to, like, do something that was damaging to them PR-wise to lose his job during the season. And I think he would have to be, like, 3-13 and 13 to lose his job. I, okay. I think that they like him and they know he's a good coach and they know it's really hard to make a judgment on a season where there's a pandemic. Yeah. I think <laughs> what's crazy to me is, like, I, I started questioning yesterday... Like, is Zimmer the right coach? Mm-hmm. I don't... Th- that's not to imply that Zimmer is a bad coach. Right. I think he's a very fine defensive coach. I just... I question whether or not he's the right coach. I mean, how many playoff wins do we have in six seasons? Two? Yeah. Right. We go to the playoffs every other year. You know? And I know that there was the Teddy injury and then the, the Bradford trade and, and Keenum, and, and that ended up being, like, a really good season. But I don't... I, I, I just have this question mark in the back of my head with all the regular season success that he has every other year right is he really the right coach for this team moving forward um i'm not saying there are better options available i just that that question popped into my head for the first time yesterday i'm wondering like is this still the right fit is this still working as it once did Hmm. i just think that like everyone's always like well bill belichick was a defensive coach and you're talking about arguably the greatest coach of all time um I think that so many of the other great coaches in the game right now are these really smart offensive coaches. Let's let's see just a good chunk of the, the best teams. Um, Pete Carroll is more of a defensive guy in Seattle. Um, uh, what's the Lafleur um, is the Packers coach, and he's an awesome offensive coach. You have uh, McVay in mm-hmm. in L.A. with the Rams, who's a great offensive coach. You have you know, arguably the greatest offensive coach ever, um, Andy Reid in Kansas City. You have, um, you know, just all over the league. It goes on and on. Kyle Shanahan with the Niners last year. Like, I just think that I would rather sign a really exciting offensive-minded coach. We got Frank Reich, who's Doug Peterson, both both offensive guys. And Mm -hmm. it's just like a lot of these Super Bowls are being played out by guys, you know, Guys who were these cutting edge offensive guys, and we have Gary Kubiak as our offensive coordinator. So I don't know. I, I guess my my doubts aren't so much that I don't believe in Zimmer, but maybe that um, the style of coach that Zimmer is might not be the most conducive to competing for the title. Okay. I, I I think the question really came from me when they when they ran the QB draw with Cousins. I'm like, how is that even in the playbook? Like how who who greenlighted that play that it was smart. I don't know. Like some of these, and then you know, Eric, you know, he's leaving timeouts in his back pocket. The timeout thing is the most unforgivable. Like th- those Explain things. that to me quick. Just, just give me the rundown. What happened there? Well, they they got a first down. It was like first and goal from like the eight or yeah. whatever it was. So they hit a big pass down inside the ten, meaning there was no more first mm-hmm. downs that could happen. Right. And they themselves had one or two timeouts. I think they had one. I think one. they had I one timeout. They had one, they had they were one saving timeout. It. And there was 49-ish seconds when they got to the line of scrimmage or when that play ended. And the Vikings had two timeouts. And the Vikings had two timeouts. So the Vikings knew that they were going to get at least four plays if there was no penalties. Time was no longer a problem for Seattle, Mm -hmm. right? Seattle, if we got the ball back, couldn't stop the clock because they only had one timeout. So literally, 
Mike Zimmer should have instantly called one of his two timeouts at 49 seconds or whatever it was. Instead, they let 20 seconds run off the clock before they run their next play an incomplete pass. So we lose 20-ish seconds. I think it ended up being 18 seconds you lose that you could have saved. They run three more plays. And still Mm -hmm. save the timeout for your subsequent drive. And still had a timeout if you would have done it. They threw passes on all four plays, meaning you wouldn't have lost any time beyond the play, and you wouldn't have had to call a timeout beyond that. So they run it down to 15 seconds. Vikings get the ball with 15 seconds and two timeouts. They could have had it with about 33 or 33, 34 seconds with one timeout. And I would have way rather had that. Like that was a way you could have went down and got a field goal and won the game. 15 seconds. We throw a pass to Kyle Rudolph. Five seconds are gone. Fumble in the next play. Game's over. We leave the game with two timeouts. It was just irresponsible. Okay. All right. No, I get it now. I, I, you know, I was more thinking about that. The fourth down, you know, go or no go. Loved the call. Yeah, I think that in the end, people are sort of consensus that it's the right call. Yeah. Did you see the math on it that they showed? Yeah. Ninety-four percent chance to win before that play. Hundred percent if you got the first down. Mm-hmm. If you kicked the field goal, you still had a ninety-four percent chance to win. So there was no change in your your percent chance to win the game by kicking the field goal or by um, going for it mm-hmm. or yeah. Or where you were, I guess. And yeah, then yeah. and then if you didn't, you still have a 79% chance to win the game. It was the right call. He, They should have got the yard. They didn't get it. I thought Zimmer was right with that one. Okay. All right, guys. So let's move on to um, the Lakers. All right. Uh, King James gets his fourth title. The Lakers win their 17th title, even though six of them were in Minnesota. Um, Not, yeah. Was that it? Six of them? Yeah. We'll, we'll, t- we'll take it. We count, yeah. we count those. 17 titles, though, for the Lakers. LeBron, um, in his year 35 season, gets his fourth um, finals MVP, wins his fourth title. Uh, I think this was really impressive. I mean, yeah. being in the bubble, I think, was not nearly as easy as people imagine it. I think that they're living this lavish, amazing lifestyle. But they always reality, do. They always love that, and they get to see their family usually, and this time they didn't get to see anybody. Um, I was really impressed with with the the Lakers. The better team definitely won this. And if LeBron, anything, it's more difficult. Yeah. Like, yeah. the degree of difficulty goes up by a little bit just by you don't get to sleep in your own bed, you don't get to eat, you know, your regular meals, like, your your routine is all off, and, and athletes are very routine-oriented where they like to do the same thing. I mean, there's no... You don't have, like, the team facilities... You know what I mean? Like you do at, 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 you know, your home court and all that stuff. So I think it's, I think it's actually more impressive to win it in the bubble than it is just, you know, in a normal season. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm just impressed with the NBA. Like they pulled it off. They saw it all the way through. They did it. The when did you, uh, there was no, not a single time COVID cases popping up. Oh, we're going to take a break here. We're going to move stuff, stuff around. It worked. I mean, the NBA players tried to get COVID when they were calling, <laughs> you know, folks to their hotel room and stuff yeah, like that. But. Yeah, no, but I mean, um, yeah, the Instagram thoughts were trying to get in, mm-hmm. as they always are. Trust me, I know. When they, I mean, yeah, yeah. They're just everywhere. Kicking but, down your um, door. No, but uh, yeah, I was just really impressed. Like, they pulled it off. And I think what they should do, instead of ending the bubble now that it's over, slowly expand it city by city until it covers the whole nation. How about yes. that? I love that idea. I Here. can't wait till it gets to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, because it worked. And, and just so, uh, you know, congrats to them. Um, I heard a really crazy stat. They were 56 and 0 this year when they went into the fourth quarter with a lead. Insane stat. Insane. <laughs> Insane. So, I mean, talk about the consistency, the like, hey, guys, let's lock in and win this thing. Um, 
so impressive. I know you got AD. It sure makes things easier, but dude, hats off to LeBron. I think uh, is he the goat yet? I think he's, he's I the think goat. he's the greatest athlete ever. Oh, you're just saying across and, and, the board. And I think this is what I finally come down to. I think that Jordan's peaks are higher than LeBron's peaks. I think that like Jordan at his best was probably the greatest basketball player ever. But Jordan's career will never be able to stand up to LeBron's career when all is said and done. I mean, yeah. LeBron has I mean, LeBron is probably not probably not going to be able to win two more championships. Although I I literally people have written him off over and over again and I don't want to do that, I, but, I get it, but he is 35. Here's my thing. Do you know what Jordan was doing when he was 35? He was in his second retirement. He averaged zero points a game that season. Yeah. Um. Do you know what Jordan did in year 17? He didn't do anything because he didn't make it to year 17. Right. LeBron is going to go down as the most accomplished playoff player ever. And I know people will be like, oh, well, he didn't win as many titles as Bill Russell. Yeah, and Bill Russell didn't play in 2020 in the bubble. Bill Russell played in a time when guys were smoking on the bench. Yeah, right. so. like, like <laughs> I, I am one who believes that sports get better and you know i'm sure certainly, those players more competitive like mm-hmm. the 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 seventh and eighth men on the teams nowadays would start on any nba team in 1990 for sure and 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 dominant. i think that's a good thing and i think i heard somebody say something <clears throat> on the radio not too long ago and i think this is important let the eras be their eras mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. in jordan's era he was the best in lebron's era he is the best there's there's you can't compare apples and oranges to be cliche, because it was a different league. It was a violent league in like the 90s and the 80s. And now it's more offensive minded. And it's just, it's different. Mm -hmm. And you can't just say like, well, if you plop Jordan, peak Jordan into today's game, he would still average 34 points a game. I don't think he would. Right. Well, actually, he probably he probably could. I think, I think he would. I think he probably could. I think he averaged actually a game. <laughs> he would average more because there yeah. is no def- defense or whatever. Um, but then, like, you can't also say like if you throw LeBron back in the '90s that he's going to still do the same things. It 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 just doesn't make sense. So I think, I think that like the game is even more physical now, but it's just like physical in like a smart way instead of in like a if Jordan goes to the rim, punch him in the head. Yeah. Now it's like verticality stuff. Like they're jumping up and down, but like you're running into a person who, if people saw them in the 1600s, they would think that they were an alien. Right. Absolute giant. Yeah. Like, like you can say that like Bill Lambeer punching you in the head hurt, but Bill Lambeer be snapped like a twig by Anthony Davis. So I have a question for you guys. Okay. I thought about this for some reason last night. So I figured out that Anthony Davis was in eighth grade when I graduated from high school. Okay. So I thought about this. What was the last year that I could beat Anthony Davis in basketball? (laughs) (laughs) Like what year was it that their eighth grade I would lose? Yes, when Pro- he's in eighth grade, probably oh, in seventh sure. grade, I would oh, lose for sure. Wait, wait, wait. Let's go back you're, to you're say, hold on. You're saying when you're in eighth grade? No, 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 no. I'm four years older than him. So you're you're a senior. I'm a senior. He's in eighth grade. I'm not I, sure he, there's any time you could then. No, 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 no. He, he beats me for sure. I'm in eleventh grade. He's in seventh grade. It's probably closer, but he still probably beats me. I thought maybe fifth or sixth grade. I'm in ninth or tenth grade. I probably could beat him at that point because he's a, a small child. Uh, was he though? A large, small child. Okay. <laughs> there, there is a time. I'm just. I'm curious. guessing he was about your height at that time. So, like, like what, what grade would you have? Like, say you right now, 
when was the last how old was carl anthony towns when you right now could beat him seven years old probably (laughs) (laughs) and i was 17 i I don't know that's a good that is pretty funny i mean you know there's probably some players i mean definitely before they started playing like aau ball when they when they they started getting really good so like it would have to be like pre-sixth grade most likely like fifth fifth fourth grade because they're probably still really short yeah and kind of you know and especially with those guys that grow really tall they were like bean poles you know Mm. they didn't have any they didn't have any you know thickness to them yeah that was what i was thinking about last night (laughs) that's great all right guys um also um, I don't think we can say this enough. Um, we broke the Kobe Bryant uh, tragic helicopter accident death on our podcast. It happened while we were recording. Yep. It just seems so perfect and so fitting that the Lakers won the title again months later after the death of Kobe Bryant. Right. It was really cool. It was like such, it was so poetic that that's how it happened. And, I wish they would have won in game five with the black Mamba jerseys on, which would have been even cooler. Um, but still, I mean, it's amazing that the Lakers win the title just months after, you know, one of the greatest Lakers ever passes away. Yeah, that was really cool. It is fitting. So speaking of game five, Jimbo, we'll give you 60 seconds to pimp up your guy, Jimmy Buckets. How much do you love he, Jimmy Butler now? Man, he's fun. He's fun to watch. I do think that there is a chance that the next day when he's like limping off the, the Ryan, you wrote back on that and is like, dude, he's got to make sure everybody knows he's the hardest working and all that. But that doesn't actually take it away from it for me. I like, no, the, no, no. I like the drama. I like the theatrics. He's funny. He is maybe not good for a locker room in the end, although you do get to the finals with it, but he obviously wasn't good enough to go all the way. And if you bring in a better player like a Giannis who may be looking to move and he goes down there, is is Jimmy going to be able to take a backseat to that? I don't know. I think he likes he being... He needs to be the main guy. I think this team is built so well around him where like they have secondary stars like um, Dragic and... Uh, um, Bam. Bam. Uh, and then they have all the shooters too. You know, Hero yeah. and Robinson. You know, they have all these guys who can shoot the hell out of the ball. My guy Duncan. Yeah, loved so, him. Yeah, so twenty six points in that game. Though. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that we we had some fun talks this the last couple of days about um, Butler and LeBron, and my whole thing is just guys can reach what LeBron does, but LeBron does it every game. And here's the thing: Jimmy leaves that game limping off the stage, you know, and obviously does not have the same amount in the tank for Game Six. LeBron was the same guy. He scored 40 in Game 5, and then he still dominated Game 6, had a triple-double, 28 points, and he's never missed a playoff game in his life, and he's played more minutes in the playoffs than any player in the history of the NBA. This dude is so special, and it's fun to watch people go head-to-head with him, but he is the, the marker. He is the measuring stick, and it's just amazing. And, like, I so rarely in my life have ever been cheering for the great players in their career. Usually I'm cheering for people to knock them off. Mm-hmm. Everyone loved Jordan. I loved the Sonics. I loved anyone who was playing. You were, against, on, you were on team Clyde the Glide. I was on mm-hmm. Drexler. I was on. Show the, me some Shaq. Kemp. I was on everyone except for the Utah jazz. 
And uh, I, I just wanted people to beat the Bulls, always. I just always wanted the Bulls to lose. And I always Tom wanted, Brady, down with Tom Brady. Yep, I've just always wanted people to lose. And for one time in my life, I'm cheering for LeBron to win things because I just know that we're watching something so special, and I don't want it to pass me by without really enjoying it and respecting it. It was a little tough to cheer for the Lakers. Always disliked the Lakers. I kind of wish he had gone to like a smaller market team and done done what he does, which is go win finals just, no matter what team he's on. That was never going to happen. But no, I mean, like how fun was it watching Cleveland fucking go win a championship? Down 3-1. Down 3-1 though the Warriors, maybe the the greatest regular season team that of all time. Game seven was unforgettable, unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was a little tough, but I was cheering for, for LeBron and his success. I still will. He says uh, he's got a lot of years left, so we'll see what he does with those. Who years. knows? And and I think also it it definitely helps when LeBron is not a well, not to me, a polarizing public figure. There's no dirty laundry, right? Again, the only thing they have to hold over him is the decision, you know, from right. back in the day. Who cares? Um, but like LeBron says, all the right things. He's doing all the right things. He's active politically. He cares. He, he loves Akron, Ohio. It's his favorite place on earth. He's brought all his buddies along with him. Like it's, it's, he's just, mm-hmm. he's just an incredible human being yeah. on top of being an incredible basketball player. We're lucky to have him. You're right. All right, guys. So speaking of the NBA, we're just about a month away from the, the draft where the Wolves have the number one pick. So I've been diving into lots of talk about who the Wolves could get for that number one pick. And I have to tell you what I'm seeing is not very exciting. It's in a trade scenario. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so the, the, the dream, I say use the pick, the dream trade right now looks to be um, Bradley Beal when we probably don't have enough to go get Bradley Beal. Um, another one is Drew Holiday. That is a hard pass. I'd be really that does not improve our team. Really bummed. Another one is the Knicks just give you all of their like bench. Um, Kevin Knox, Frank and in, in Ugh, Frankie, whatever. Yeah. yeah, and uh, multiple first round picks to get your number one. That's not doing it for me. Um, another one is trading for either Lori Markinen or Zach Levine. Nope, really don't want that. Zach Levine is a loser player. And uh, finally, the one that is coming up over and over and over, and everybody who's writing about it seems to think that this is the team that could get it done. It's the Atlanta Hawks who have um, the number six pick. And they have this player, John Collins, who is a 20 and 10 guy, and they want to move on from him. And yeah, so it's like it's like a role player, John Collins, and the number six pick for like our number one pick and some players. I mean, that's, that's sort of tempting. I get that one because then we still have a number six pick and a – in a draft where the number six guy could easily be better than the number for number one guy in you know two years, so I get that. But I say take the pick, take the flyer, man. You never know. Yeah, it's a lot more fun to oh, go yeah. see like somebody that's brand new and for sure that's exciting. Like, we're, dude, the ugh, Drew Holiday. Uh, Drew Holiday is so boring. We're we're. I mean, if there's a franchise that's known for taking flyers on guys and it being successful, it's the Timberwolves. So I think <laughs> I think we should totally do yeah. that. Let's run it back one more time, baby. God, I know. We, this I, is the literal definition of like rock and hard place. It's one of the least exciting first overall picks we've ever had because there's just nobody can come to a consensus. There's nobody that I should be excited about. It's 
Yeah. Well, it's just hard, too, because they didn't get to play in their conference tournaments or the NCAA tournament. So it's like all these guys who maybe we would be really excited about, we have no idea about right. them because we didn't get to see them deep in the season. And so a lot of the guys, like I keep thinking of John Morant, who you know absolutely went off in the tournament, and everyone was like, he should be in the conversation for number one. I mean, the same thing with like Dwayne Waite, like yeah. up to stock with Marquette, when he absolutely ran roughshod through the entire tournament. Yeah, so um, I would like to see them trade it for a good player, but I don't want them to force trading it for a player. If they could get a, one of the big studs, I'd be really excited. I think if we do trade it, it's not going to happen until like the night before the draft. Yeah. I think they're, they're going to just, now that the season's over, let the dust settle a little bit, and then let the people come come to the Wolves. And the NBA right? have the dumbest thing where they're like, well, the Wolves have to draft him. And then they have to put a wolf's hat on him. And then he has to like take pictures with them tomorrow, even though he's already been traded. And then like two weeks from now, you can trade him. I'm like, why? Yeah. Well, why? I think you're, you're trading the rights because I get it, the, but the league year hasn't started it's yet. Just or like, it's just like a thing where like human beings overcomplicate shit. It's, it's legally no reason. and it's stupid. Yeah. It's just so stupid. All right. So, guys, let's move on to the Minnesota Wild. They signed a big free agent, um, Talbot. Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot, the goalie from the oh, Calgary Flames. Calgary Flames, who's been kind of up and down over the last few years. Um, people seem to think it was a pretty good deal. It's like three years, ten million. Yeah, or something like that. Three years, eleven million. Eleven. Miko Koivu signed with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Fine. Good riddance. See you, Miko. And uh, yeah, that's my NHL news for today. Well, all right. We needed a goaltender. The market was very rich with uh, with goaltending talent, and I think we got a decent one. Um, for a relatively inexpensive price. I mean, we weren't we weren't going to be paying seven million a season for for one of the top goaltenders. Like we weren't going to get Corey Crawford with the with the budget that we had. So yeah. um, nice that we got that locked down um, early on for a fair price. I'm fine with it. All right, guys. He might suck. Who cares? Here we go. We're gonna end. <laughs> we are gonna end today with a new game called Break It Down. Okay. Ooh. So I'm just going to ask some hard-hitting questions here, and you guys have to answer them. Are I they will har- too. hard-hitting sports questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. All right, guys. So here we go. Break it down. I'm going to first do, time ever. Break it down. Break first it down. Time. Yep, yep. All right. So here we go. Break it down. All right. Out of a hundred, like Rotten Tomatoes score. All right. How successful have the Minnesota Wild been um, in their franchise history? In franchise history, um, started off really high. Like mm-hmm. uh, as an expansion team, and then we made the Western Conference Finals um, on a just a crazy season. Since then, I think we've been average at best. So we're this is, we're like kind of doing Nordy's rates here, right? So um, I'll say like a sixty-one because they've had good mm-hmm. regular season success. They continue to you know bring in fans and sell out the arena all the time. It's always been like a decent product on the ice. Right. Um, it's just always ended in heartbreak as Minnesota sports are wont to do. Um, I don't agree with the, with, you know, all of the trades that they've made and a lot of the stupid decisions that, uh, Chuck Fletcher made, um, as the GM, but at the same time they have made the playoffs. They've been relatively consistent in doing that. Whether or not you think that's the right strategy or, mm-hmm. or not, they've been decent. So I'd say like a 61. Okay. I was going to say my first gut instinct was 45, but I'm going to take it positive because they, from a business business perspective, it's a successful team. They continue to sell tons of jerseys. They sell out the, the arenas. 
Um, they do stay relevant somehow, although they never make deep runs. Um, I'm going to give them a 55. Overall positive, but at, it's getting a little ridiculous at this point. That the state old. of hockey cannot win a playoff game. I really wanted to go negative with this, like very negative, because I think the fans are too good for this team. Too forgiving. They're yeah. too good to this organization. Too, they're too loyal. They sell out every game. They all wear all the stuff. They have one of the best markets in the whole entire league. I mean, this is a really impressive fan base, but I don't think it's a very um, impressive uh, organization. Um, I was looking at some hockey people on Twitter and it was like a conversation and they were all laughing. Someone was like, who's going to win the cup next year? And someone's like, I just know it won't be the wild. And then everyone was like, ha, like, yeah, of course not. You know, it's just like, they are just a big disappointment all the time. I'm giving them a 46. Okay. Too many sellouts for too little success. I think, I think to say that they're a big disappointment is overstating it just a little bit. I feel like you're being a little too hard on them, but I do understand where you're coming from. I just don't like that we never have cap space and we never make it out of the first round of the playoffs and we never have a top five pick. It's just, you're just stuck in the mud as like an average For run sure. team. I, I agree. All right, uh, next up, break it down. The Minnesota Wilds, or I'm sorry, the Minnesota Vikings jerseys since 2013 are... Are we scoring it, or are we inserting an adjective? You can. Um, you can give I'm going to go with an adjective yeah. on mine, and you can score it if you want. I'm going to go the Vikings jersey since 2000. I, so and since 2013, and that is the jerseys they currently wear. Since 2013 are solid. Okay. Solid. They're not exciting. I wouldn't use that word. But I would say that they refined them enough that they still look good on the field. Okay. Do you have one? Yeah, I'm just going to say um, uh, they are almost great. Like, the jerseys are giving a classic look, which I think is cool in football. And I do think the purple is cool and the helmets are great. Um, but the details of, like, the weird, like, pointy parts of the jersey and the stripes. What's is, wrong with that? Those are supposed to be the the Viking sails, okay? They take inspiration I, from the Viking ships. I know that kind of okay, thing. Okay. That thing impressed me when they first said it, and <laughs> now I'm kind of worn out on it. <laughs> right. So I think that they're good overall, but they could be better. All right. And I think, Ryan? I think they're boring. Oh, shit! You want something? Do you want to rebrand? When you see a lot of the sort of redos on the jerseys, like pre-pod, we were talking about the Rams jerseys, not the logo, but the Rams like kits yep. overall, phenomenal. You see it in the Premier League all the time. There's a complete like 180 refresh, something different. Mm-hmm. Um, same with the NBA, um, but maybe less so than the Premier League. But you get like a cool influx of colors. And, you know, when Nike started doing the like the four different themes, you know, we have like white with purple and gold stripes and purple <laughs> with white and gold stripes. And right. it's just like, I've seen this. I think it's boring. I think if you want to get out of this like loser mentality franchise thing, you need to, it's got to go all the way across the board. And I feel like the Vikings are due for like a kit jersey refresh. What's overall. more of a refresh than building like an $18 billion stadium? Totally agree. Work, but, to- to- right. Totally get it. But, but yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree. And I, I like it, the idea of, Hey, why you do? Why do you have to be stuck with the same design year after year? Just switch it up even a little bit, you know. Do something, do something different each year. All right, 
Break it down. Break it down. The best place in Minnesota to watch a game is what? My house. I mean, I like, mean, I want to give alternate answers too. So you're you're, okay. you're saying for any game? I mean, like I'm pretty much saying like which stadium would you like to go to? See? Oh, which stadium? Yeah, yeah. So like, what is what's the best place? What's the best experience? Where is the coolest place to see a game? It's 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 Twins. It's the Twins Target Center. Target Field. Target Field. I mean, yeah, definitely, dude. It's it's like the State Fair. You get to go. You walk around. There's delicious food. There's like hella bars everywhere. You can just drink your face off. If but that's you're the not you talking. Go. You're not talking anything about the game. The game is happening the whole time. <laughs> what do you mean? The game is the game, but the you're game not is watching happening. it. The game is I, the you game. You catch the glimpses as you're walking around. <laughs> you wait for people to cheer. If yeah. The, yeah, if or the, the crowd cheers. The, or the crack yeah. of the bat. Yeah, yeah. yeah then you, oh, you look up. Look, crack I mean, like, oh, or, or sit and enjoy out. the food that you've gotten, and it's still fantastic. I mean, it's a beautiful field. It's one of my favorite places to go. It's more affordable than some of the other ones because there's so many games or should be. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's my answer. I like it. I have not seen an NFL game at US Bank Stadium, so I, I'm uh, unable to comment on that. I don't. I can't. I've seen preseason. I think. I guess I haven't either. But I saw. We saw the soccer match there. Yeah, the Chelsea yeah. Roma or I forget who they played. Um. Yeah. I. If if Target Center wasn't so like old no it's not it's i know i know they updated re- it but yeah. it's still the target center yeah I know. um I, I almost picked that like walking around the concourse still feels like you're in 1996 <laughs> they um, took down the the tvs that are like nine inches deep and don't actually work <laughs> the, the, but they're up there and the they took TVs. those down at least eric are you just talking minnesota yeah okay um yeah i think i gotta go target field i thought I, you were gonna I go agree. with the wild no, because I agree. I mean, they're great. It's great, though. It is really fun, but like, you know, the Hunter Bucks and the parking yeah. and St. Paul, like, just oh, kind of sucks. Paul. Okay. Um, I'm going to go U.S. Bank Stadium, but I'm giving a close second to the Allianz. Oh. Which I think is really a cool place. Haven't to, been there either. Haven't really, been there. I bought, really I've, had, I've owned season tickets for two seasons now, going on my second season, and I have not been to <laughs> Allianz Field yet. Oh, God. But yeah, I really like Allianz, and I think U.S. Bank is, I mean, one of the premier places to watch a game. Overall, um, of just the pro stadiums, I would say the Target Center is last place. And that's really saying something because the Target Center is really nice now. Yeah, no, they definitely um, fixed it up. The X is incredible for hockey. Uh, Target Field is incredible for baseball. I mean, our stadiums are top notch. It's just we got to work on what's on yes. the field or the ice yes. a little bit That'd more. Be nice. All right, guys. Um, next up, breakdown most overrated sporting event. Um, what are the, what's the big uh, PGA Tour? I don't care about any of this. The Masters. Shit. The Masters. Overrated. Don't care about any green jacket, gold jacket. Who gives a shit? That's literally what I say when these things are happening. <laughs> Is that the flag you got in your house? Green jacket, gold, gold jacket? jacket. Um, yeah, man. I, I just don't care about golf and everybody makes such a little bit. For this. I know. There's so many that I don't care I know care what Eric's going to go with. Do you? Yeah. I, I, I You're going to go with that like one no, of those. No, 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 no. Ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Olympics. Yes, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> I was going to go with, there's others. I was going to say the any horse race, the Kentucky Derby, like. Yep, Kentucky Derby. Stupid. Yep. Um, I was going to say um, any race with race cars, but I don't even think even racists don't care about that anymore. And uh, I was going to say the first round of March Madness. Oh, that's so fun. But in reality, it is the Olympics. 
I mean, you're so wrong about March Madness. Right. It's an unbelievable It's hard for me to come back for that. I would way rather watch later in March Madness when the games are really good and the players are great and you don't have mostly blowouts. Oh, Kansas all right, beat Wofford right, by not your, 47. This, listen, listen, this is There's not your soapbox. This is not your soapbox, okay? This is my turn. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. I'm speaking. I'm speaking. Thank you. If you want to talk after this, we can have a discussion. There you go. Own the um, yeah, I mean, I agree with all those, like the Brickyard 400. Yeah. Couldn't, could not care less. I think the Ryder Cup is really overrated, too. Like Unless from a maybe golfing... you're going to get wasted there, I, I guess like, it's supposed to be fun, but... I do like the, the golf majors. Like, I find those fun and entertaining, and I completely get where you're coming from. Like, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Like, yeah. It's, it's very polarizing as a sport. It's not like a, a casual thing. Oh, let's throw on the, the WGC Open. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's not that's not something that you're going to watch. It's especially if you don't watch the majors, but I do find like the masters and the PGA because they play at different places. So it does mix it up. And like, there's different challenging aspects to some of the hardest courses in the world to play. Um, I, I agree with Eric. I think, I think anything racing is stupid. Mm-hmm. It's horse racing, car racing. Uh, oh, I do like motocross. That is kind of fun to watch too, but no, uh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I don't really have, I don't really have like a major sport, but I, I think like the Indy 500 and the Brickyard are just completely overblown. They're, mm-hmm. You're going in a circle. I, yeah. I, I don't care that much. <laughs> For sure. All right, guys. Last one. Break it down. Best food to eat while watching a big game. Nachos. Mm, nachos. No, I'm going to go with a version of, the, I'm going to go with those like that really bomb ass dip with the meat and the cheese in it. Any meat and cheese dip? Yes, just any yeah. of them. But you're not like a buffalo, chi- not buffalo chicken dip. Mm, I like no, that too. not that one so much. No, any. <laughs> I'm going to say so any dip with meat and cheese in it. Like Make sure you add like a lot of vinegar to like it. If you that's going to make. If you it go with better. like a homemade queso and chorizo oh. with some tortilla chips, yes. that's pretty solid. That that's nachos. I'm, no, I'm it's really, not. It's I'm very nachos sim- g- g- very similar. I'm, yeah, I'm re- yeah, but nachos you it's the luck of the draw too. Like you're like ah, this one only has jalapenos. That's part of the fun. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get Jimbo started on the soggy chips. Um, exactly. So I would say chicken of, wings is way up there here. for me as well. Wings is way up there. Wings are way up there, but I think I'm gonna go with you with like a cheesy, unhealthy dip with you, like scoop chips. You guys are right. Exactly. You, know, you, like, guys, are right. you, you guys, guys are right. You guys are right. I take I take it back. So fucking good. Chips and dip, even if it's like. Spinach artichoke dip, oh, yes, is fantastic, so like, good. Even eat, on just tortilla chips, yeah, it's got to be a warm dip though. Yeah, oh, hot sure. dip with like with like the scoop chips, where the dip just the fills one up I the don't like chip. so much is like you don't need so many layers. Like these people with the mm. four, five, seven mm. layer, like no, 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 no. dude, a couple of those layers are trash. One of the layers is always olives. Yeah, Look olives counts that. as a layer. Refried beans, unseasoned refried beans counts Cold as a layer. Cheese is a layer. Yeah, it's always cold. It's not warm. It's I always know. cold. Yeah, it's, it's so gotta, bad. It's and then, set up. and then like a bad avocado that's like definitely not real because it wouldn't last. It's like yeah. avocado like cream sauce exactly. And they put it at the bottom, otherwise it'll turn brown. Perfect. That's exactly right. So you don't, you don't um, like yeah. your cheese coagulated and solid like <laughs> on the seven layer dip. Like that shit's so disgusting. So a hot dip. A hot, hot dip. dip. Hot dip wins. All right, guys, that is all the time we have on this episode of the Nordies Podcast. We have two more episodes coming 
for you later this week, so make sure to watch out for those. And as always, guys, help spread the word about the Nordies podcast. We have been doing it for so long, so many episodes. We deserve for you to go out and tell someone about it this week. Let us know what you agree with. Let us know what you like and what you didn't. Let us Five know. stars only. Let us know what you want us to talk about next time. Uh, but check out our episodes later this week. Until then, thank you guys for listening to the Nordies podcast. Thank you.